Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the NHL draft has come and gone, and free agency is well underway, so there's plenty to talk about on today's episode. Let's start off with free agency and the pair of additions that the Sabres made to the blue line on Saturday as the Sabres signed Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton to deals. Clifton got a three-year deal with an AAV of $3.3 million, while Johnson got a one-year deal for $3.25 million. Both these moves were a bit off the radar and weren't necessarily the established top four D that we were hoping for. However, looking at the bigger picture, these guys, both of them, are absolutely positive additions to this defensive group, in my opinion. The Sabres didn't add any NHL players to the forward group in light of Jack Quinn's injury, which we will also get to later in the episode, nor did they add a goalie to pair with Devin Levi as of the time of us recording this episode. So, Taylor, before we get into the two additions individually, what are your thoughts on the Sabres' day one of free agency? Well, I like the signings, both of them. And I, it's very simple, actually. I really like both signings, and I really don't like that they don't really have a goalie move to make. <laughs> so, I, you know, just thinking about how things are going to shake out, it's interesting. I didn't expect them to sign two defensemen. So, there's, there's more moves to be made, obviously, because they have nine NHL defensemen right now. And they pretty much have a full roster in Rochester, too. So... Probably got to lose two guys. I guess we definitely know who those two guys are that they're going to lose. At least we think we know. But yeah, it's hard not to uh, stare at the elephant in the room that they're going to go into the season with Levi and UPL. That's a huge concern. Major concern. And a lot of the goalies, too, that seemed like they were the realistic options or maybe the best options available to them on the free agent market ended up going back to their respective teams. That being Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta going back to Carolina and Tristan Jari going back to Pittsburgh there. But to get into, we'll get to some of the goalie conversation in a little bit. Let's talk about the guys who we added to this group. So starting off with Clifton. So I think that this is a, a a good move overall. Like I said, I don't think it's necessarily the one that we were hoping for in terms of, okay, we're going to go out and we are going to get this established top four D. I know we had talked about guys like Damon Severson. Brett Pesci's name has been thrown around a lot lately as he's been on the trade market. But what I will say, though, is when it comes to Clifton, I think that you are looking for you're looking at a guy whose skills, I think, both complement Owen Powers very well because he's seemingly going to get the first crack at being Powers partner, along with the fact that he does things. He has attributes, traits that the Sabres are pretty sorely lacking right now on the back end. So just for starters here, I think 
one of the the big things that we can look at with Clifton off the bat is his physicality. I mean, he's not necessarily like a meathead out there where he's just going around and like doing like the wrist align and like just hitting guys after the play and stuff like that when it really doesn't count. You know, he knows how to use his body to prevent plays. He's actually very good too at preventing rush opportunities, which is something that the Sabres were really not good at last year. And again, I think that this is a guy that he gives you maybe that steady, solid defensive presence this physical presence that will enable Owen Power to to do his thing and to be able to you know showcase his skill set in terms of his his passing ability his vision he's obviously not the the fastest skater but he has the ability to make plays happen with the puck on his stick and he's great with his breakout passes like there's a lot obviously that we love about Owen Power and so the Sabres are banking on it being a, a system fit with Clifton that he's going to be able to step into this uh, where he was primarily, you know, like a five with, with Boston. He is going to step into this role as a four here. And they think that the system fit and familiarity with Granado is ultimately going to help him be a good compliment there. One actually interesting note too, that Lance Lysowski, our pal who was on a few episodes ago had with regard to Clifton is that Clifton had played 20 plus minutes in 12 of 17 games to start the Bruins season. And he was primarily paired with Hampus Lindholm. In that time, the Bruins outscored teams 19 to four in five on five situations when Clifton was on the ice with Lindholm this season. Lindholm obviously had an incredible year this year. Uh, And again, when you're looking at him being paired with a a high quality, a high caliber defenseman in the style of, you know, in that case, Hampus Lindholm or, and, you know, now with the Sabres own power, I think that that's really, really encouraging we can call it on Johnson I will preface this by saying and I think you know this too I've always liked Eric Johnson like a lot like he uh has just been a a player that I've always really enjoyed watching I was as we've I think talked about like in high school and stuff and growing up I always really liked the St. Louis Blues a lot and so getting to follow him there and then obviously he goes to Colorado what's that when it was casual Friday it when it was casual Friday in high school, Brendan's wearing one of two things, his Eric Johnson jersey or his Brad Boyce jersey. Shut up. No doubt about it. Oh my God. No, <laughs> but I, but so I'm just saying that in that I'm saying that I'm probably like a little bit overly biased here that I just like Eric Johnson a lot. I'm very, you know, well aware of his limitations just in the fact of his age. He's 35 years old now. He had a bit of a down year this past year after having a really, really solid 21-22 season. And so you would think that the Sabres are going to be looking at him as just being an upgrade to that third pair, which I think he is. I think, uh, you know, he, he gives you, again, just like a solid veteran presence. He just won a cup with Colorado. And I think that having that perspective in the locker room is going to be just invaluable, especially to a guy like Owen Power, a fellow number one overall pick. You have the presence there of a guy who he understands. And he talked about this in his media avail too. He understands what it takes for a team to get over the hump, a team that has a lot of young talent and maybe they're kind of, you know, circling around a bit and, you know, they're on the cusp or they're, they're just about close and figuring out what it is you exactly have to do to be able to get over the hill, get over the hump, to be a true Stanley Cup contender and ultimately, you know, win the damn thing. And so I think in addition to the on-ice play, which I just think, again, that is a, an upgrade to the third pair there. I think I, I like Johnson in that three RD spot more than I like Labushkin there. I don't know if they're going to try and pair them together potentially or how that's going to shake out because you're seemingly going to have Stillman, Labushkin, and Johnson vying for those, you know, the, the five, six and seven spots on defense. 
So either way, though, I, I think Johnson is a, an upgrade to the third pair. I think it's a good depth move. And again, I think more than anything else, it's a it's a great move for the locker room for a team that, again, is just on the cusp of being able to get over the hump and to break this playoff drought. So, Taylor, let's get into these guys a little bit specifically in their respective fits. How are you feeling about Clifton and Johnson, respectively? And do you feel a similar way in terms of where they're going to slot in as we head into the 2023-2024 season? Well, I, I like both of them pretty much for the reasons you laid out. Like when they first signed Johnson, I was like, I don't know, second pairing. Uh, but I think he's someone you could easily have on your third pair. You know, maybe he doesn't play sometimes. Maybe he's in the press box some games considering his age. And he didn't have a great year last year, but he did have a great year two years ago. <laughs> like it's not like he's been washed up for years. So maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank. And third pairing in general, I think that just seems fine to me. You don't really expect any offense out of him right now <clears throat> or anything like that. But it really adds some credibility. Like, we liked how Stillman and Labushka, I liked how Stillman and Labushkin looked at the end of the year. But it's, you know, a little bit more, I feel like they're on a little bit more sure footing when you have Johnson back there, someone who's a veteran. And like you said, for locker room, it's it's important. As much as we've talked about the good vibes there, they don't really have that many experienced guys who have been in the playoffs. And he's won a cup, obviously, two years ago. That's that's huge to have around. And and also it's you know, it's worth noting that that's extremely rare. Like they have Tuck, who was in the playoffs a couple times. They beyond that, there's not a lot of it. Labushkin was in the playoffs, but you know, not a lot. Uh it's just beyond that, there's just very little playoff experience throughout their lineup. And they're they're very young. So it's it's good to have someone like that. Uh they might still be the youngest team in the league next year. I mean, they probably will be because they lost their oldest player and Craig Anderson's like 10 years older than Eric Johnson. So yeah, it's in general, I really like that Clifton, someone I hadn't really considered as a possibility, but I like it. Like you laid out those stats. Yeah. Playing with Hampus Lindholm helps. Hampus Lindholm got uh, Norris trophy votes this year. He's great, but you don't win. What was it? 65 games because you have a couple great players. The way you do that in a regular season is by having no weak points. So Clifton is someone who's, you know, kind of underrated, honestly, has been, because he's someone that he's solid, doesn't make mistakes, that kind of thing. But also, it's it's worth noting that he, he's some of the highlights that people put out, he seems like a pretty physical guy. Yeah, and a physical defenseman like a, who is good, again, at stopping chances off of zone entries. Like, that's, yeah. that's a huge problem that the Sabres had last year, is that... It is their second biggest problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, obviously, you know, just stop it. Preventing zone entries in general is would be helpful. But again, the chances coming off of those rushes was something that the Sabres just sorely lacked in. And it, it right. bit him in the ass how many times throughout last year? Yeah. And that's honestly not the most common combination to have is being physical and being able to stop zone rushes. Because I think when people think of physicality, they think of big, you know, hulking guys like Labushkin. And that doesn't always necessarily uh, fit well with someone who you want to be like quick on their feet, moving quickly, you know, side to side, getting, being able to stop these uh, transition plays because God, that the Sabres goalies were not good last year, but they did not help them at all <laughs> with the way they gave up rushes. Uh, so that, that, that'll be huge. That's, and that's, you know what I really like, cause that's Adams looking at something and addressing that, that weakness. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, the same cannot be said uh, for his view on goaltending or maybe the situation just hasn't arisen yet, but very interesting. Also, did we mention that Jack Quinn is out for the first half? Yeah, of the I, I led with that a little bit. We can get do, do we want to get into that now or do you want to talk a little bit more defense before we get to that? Because I think yeah, we could, actually, yeah, because we, we do well, have we, something. That, 
Who who are the two guys that are losing? It's got to be Yoki Haru and Bryson. It, it's got. I agree. Be. I think that yeah. there's some semblance of value with Yoki Haru. Again, we talked about this. I forgot what it was a few weeks ago. Whatever, but it's a former first round pick. It is a guy who has played top four minutes. He's gotten minutes with Darlene. He's gotten minutes with Power. You just got to think that there is a GM out there that's going to value a right shot defenseman of his age who's gotten the deployment that he's had, who also, like, obviously, you know, Yoki Haru makes so many just mind-numbingly bonehead decisions with the puck on his stick a lot of times, and also when it comes to just his coverage in the defensive zone. I mean, there's a lot, but he has some traits that, again, a team can look at and say, all right, maybe if we use him in this role or we pair him with this guy, we can get the max out of him, and this fits a need for us there. So the pedigree, I think, is there. But yeah, you have nine defensemen right now. And I think that Bryson and, and Yoki Haru are the two obvious choices. On Bryson, all I'll say, it's been suggested by a few people that maybe they try and waive him and send him down to Rochester. I don't know if that would work. I Granted, I don't feel very strongly, I guess, either way about a team picking him up or not on waivers. But it just feels like if you can use him as like a, a chip there as draft capital, whatever, like if you could do something with the, or even if it's like Yoki Haru and Olafson and you go out and you get an upgrade to the forward group again, in light of the Jack Quinn news, which we will get to in a moment. But I, I don't know, for me, it just, it feels so obvious. Now we've been saying this all year that Henry Yoki Haru's time as a saver is pretty much up. He, he, he should not be on this roster going into next season. So I know you had alluded to the fact that you feel similarly that it's really comes down to Bryson and Yoki Haru here. Um, so why don't you talk a little bit about that and really what you think the Sabres should do in approaching this, you know, excess of players on the blue line. Yeah. Well, I mean, Yoki Haru and Bryson had more than enough time to make it clear that they're NHL players, not just NHL players, but NHL players you should trust on a contender. And they didn't. They didn't make that clear. Yoki Haru's been inconsistent for, I don't know, he's been on the team four years now. Mm-hmm. It's it's Inconsistency's been a huge issue with him. And frankly, last year, he just wasn't good at all. And neither of these guys are so bad that it's like, oh, these guys should be in the AHL or whatever. But they probably should be on a bad NHL team, not a good one. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad. I'm super glad they upgraded. But yeah, both of those guys, it's just inconsistency, like you said, boneheaded decisions, real jabroni moves uh, every once in a while out of them. And the defense was a problem, so you got to look at the two weakest points of that problem and move on. I don't like hate the guys or whatever. I wish them well wherever they go, but now I wonder what those trades look like. Yeah, I wonder I mean, if it's like, is it like, I, don't, I I hope it's not just like a condition move where the condition is nothing and it's just like, oh, you don't. You know, get I, I don't think so. I think especially in the case of Yoki Haru, I, I really do think that there's value there. And again, maybe they're able to utilize. It's like Yoki Haru and Olafson or Yoki Haru and a prospect or something. And you go and get something to help out with the forward group because transition time. Jack Quinn is going to be out, sadly, until December, folks. It's looking like it's going to be six months for Jack Quinn after he ruptured his Achilles doing some explosion training. During his off-season workout regimen, it is... Guy's just really excited for Oppenheimer. Yeah. Can't blame him. Yeah, agreed. No, but this is extremely disappointing. Quinn was poised. I mean, I think both of us and everybody else who is a a Sabres fan, who watches the Sabres, whatever, was expecting him to have a big year this year after he had uh, an up and down, but overall generally positive rookie season last year. So... Of course, Jack Quinn, he had 37 points with 14 goals last year in 75 games. 
And again, we were thinking that this was going to be a big jump for him this year. It's a, he gets a full NHL season under his belt, him and Paterka and cousins really established some quality chemistry together. There were times due to injuries that he was moved throughout the lineup a little bit. And still he was able to keep his head above water, no matter who he was playing with, whether it was a little bit down the lineup or when he got some opportunities to play with Tage as well on the top line. And it just sucks. I mean, obviously it's good that not good, but I guess it's, it helps that it happened now and that you're still going to get half a season out of him. And then by the turn of the new year, he should be back, but a major blow to this forward group. And I got to tell you, Taylor, I will be very, very upset if this front office goes into next season, expecting Kulik or Rosine or Savoy to be able to step in and provide the offensive punch in place of Quinn without making any other additions to the mix, because I'm not going to lie. There weren't a ton of overly exciting or sexy options yesterday, but there were some really nice value deals that went down yesterday with some forwards that I really would have liked the Sabres to be in on in light of this Jack Quinn news. Obviously you have to take into consideration whether they tried to take a swing at a guy and they just ended up going elsewhere, whatever, but this one hurts a lot. So let's talk a little bit, Taylor, about Quinn, what this means for the Sabres team now off the bat, and really where the Sabres should go from here in the offseason, knowing that they're going to be without him for the next six months. Well, it's an interesting thing. It'd almost be easier to deal with if he was out for the season. Obviously, I'm glad he's not. But if you bring someone in, then you have to make that room when he comes back, which is an interesting thing. Like, maybe you make that by, you know, someone that's in the bottom six is in – rochester now or something like that but it's it's not an easy move to make especially if the person you bring in is successful so i, I who who are you really looking at that went yesterday that you would have been interested in i'm not gonna lie duchene i thought he, goes, he goes one year three million to dallas yeah that's Listen, a good deal. man i would have overpaid for him I, I would have overpaid for a one-year deal. It was reported yesterday that a lot of guys were taking one-year deals just due to the cap and it going up pretty drastically next year. I think it's going to go up to like $88 million or whatever next year. Yeah. Duchesne would have been perfect in my opinion. And there's still guys available. I mean, maybe, you know, Tomas Tatar is another one that I know That's Anthony has been really – Anthony uh, Scandria of Expected Buffalo has really been beating the drum for him. But, man, I would have really liked Duchesne. I think that he, give, he would have given you – some really nice middle six flexibility to be able to play center or to be able to play on the wing. I think, you know, again, he's, he's a scorer, he's a finisher. And I think that pairing him maybe with cousins could have been really nice to kind of fill that void. And then it's a good problem to have that when Quinn comes back, you just figure it out. But that was really the one that I was looking at that as soon as Nashville bought him out, I was like, damn, why, why did they buy him out? I don't know. See, that's what I don't understand is because at the time of that move happening, to me, it felt like they were going to not tank with it. They were going to like commit to a rebuild here, but then their moves yesterday totally went against that because they trade, yeah. trade Johansson. They retain money, send him to Colorado. They buy out Duchesne, which again, like, yeah, is it was Duchesne overpaid a bit. Yes. But like, that's still a good hockey player. Like he still is a, a solid presence for a, a top nine forward group. Very yeah. surprising. And so you think that maybe, all right, well, are they looking to do this? And then they they give Luke Shen a three-year deal. They give O'Reilly the four-year, $4.5 million deal. Like, 
Uh, they made a couple other moves too that are escaping me right now. So I, I'm just very, very perplexed. Yeah, see, O'Reilly is basically replacing Duchesne, his old teammate. Mm-hmm. That's I don't really, yeah I gotta say I don't really get that. I know this is not our team, but like that, that it's same thing with me. I thought oh Barry Trotz is cleaning house. He's gonna rebuild. Nashville has literally never rebuilt ever no. as a franchise. They've and they've always had David Poyle and they've always kind of been in win now. Like they had a minor kind of eh, after Weber and. Suter left, uh, whatever that was, twelve years ago. But that, they've never really like gone into it like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna be bad this year," but that's all right. They're almost kind of like the the wild in that way, except they've been to a cup. It's very very uh, odd moves though uh, from them. Just I don't know. I guess just actually rebuild because they kind of do need to rebuild. But I don't know. I th- it just seems like they're shuffling shit around because they're keeping sorrow. So it's like. Oh, you're just going to be a, a kind of bad team that gets carried by a goalie to the playoffs? I don't know. Which, again, uh, even adding to that confusion, too, there were, weren't there reports going around that they were looking to shop Askarov to move up in the draft? Like, yeah. What are, what are you doing? Yeah, very strange, Barry Trotz. But uh, anyway, back on the Sabres. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, my main thought with the Jack Quinn thing is it just sucks because he really came on at the end of the last year, not just as a scorer, but as like a 200-foot guy. Yep. And just to lose six months at this age, not great. It's it's very unfortunate for him. Yeah, this is why he should have been doing Barbie exercises. You're right. First, You're right. Then you get to the Oppenheimer exercises. Ah, damn it, Killian Murphy. Very unfortunate. You hate to see it. Really, him and, and Matt Damon, man, just brutal. Yeah, he's saying the most important hockey team in the history of hockey maybe that's what's gonna happen that's what oh donnie meatballs was saying to jack quinn uh so so how important we, is it uh, then that the sabers make this move then that they they go and upgrade the top or the you know top six top nine i think yeah imperative i, I kind of yeah yeah I <laughs> I agree. Was, uh, that just also throws in the question what's gonna happen with olafson well let me throw this at you because i was thinking about it i mean is it a realistic possibility? You know, and, and I think we should say too that it's been suggested. I think it was Pierre Lebrun. Somebody had maybe Dreger. I don't know who it was. Someone had suggested that the trade market really won't start heating up until like a week or two from now. But what I want to throw at you, Taylor, and get your thoughts on, and this is obviously purely speculative, but do the Sabres look at the forward group now? Not that this would be the right decision, I should say too and say Jack Quinn is out until December. There is a hole next to Dylan Cousins and J.J. Paterka. Let's roll it back with Victor Olofsson, put him in that slot, try and get a similar start to last year where he's just piling up goals, and do you get more value for him during the season when a team has a hole due to injury as compared to making a move right now? Yeah, you probably do, but it could also go the other way. Very easily with him. Very much so. so. That's I guess that's the downside. And I, I kind of want them to have that figured out. And I'm sure he actually does too. He like he's expressed that he ex- he expects to be trade traded this summer. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe in an Olafson trade or maybe in a Bryson or one of these trades, you can kind of try to work in getting a forward back, but I don't know exactly how you would do that. You know what they should do? What's that? This is uh unrelated, but they should get Vimelka. That's I was thinking about that yesterday. That's yeah, I should have saved that for the goalie part, but let me save that for the goalie part. Uh, 
you know, in general, yeah, I, free agency is pretty barren at this point. Duchesne would have been an interesting move. I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, it's they might maybe that could be part of an Olafson trade. I guess it's to keep an eye on that. It is only July second, so I guess we'll see. Um, but before we get to goal signing, do we want to hear a word from our sponsors? I would love to. All right. So our first sponsor is DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut. Helpline is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 20, 21 and over in most eligible states but age will vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance one boost per eligible game opt-in required max bet fifty dollars ten plus leg requirement for 100 boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply all right and our second sponsor is uh our good friends at thin man brewery now We've been telling you about the weirdly wonderful, weirdly wonderful beer festival for a little while now, and we have some unfortunate news. Uh, they announced that it will be postponed. Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate. I'm, a lot of people are disappointed there, I'm sure. And if you've already bought a ticket for it, they will refund you. So just email info at thinmanbrewery.com if you have any questions on your refund. Uh, but just because that's not happening doesn't mean there's not a lot of other fun stuff happening. As always – Good beer, good food at both Thin Man Breweries and Elmwood and Chandler Street. So I recommend going there to check it out. Uh, I might be doing, you know, the the geeks who drink geeks who drink trivia there sometime soon. Maybe not this week because it's Fourth of July on Tuesday, but maybe next week. Uh, and yeah, always a good time there. You know, they have their staples like Mickey Boodle, Pills Mafia, all that stuff. But there's always a new beer. For example, our school dropout is a new beer that they've had. So you might want to check that out. Uh, Additionally, got to thank our good friends at Thin Man for donating a basket for my brother Stag. It's very nice. Some t-shirts, a hoodie, a hat, gift card, uh, a 12-pack of Pills Mafia, and then two four-packs, including Art School Dropout, which is brand new. One by our former guest, Chris Graham. So Shout out to Chris. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you want to add about Thin Man? Are you playing at either of the Thin Man venues anytime soon? Sad. Well, we were supposed to actually in a couple of weeks, but sadly that ended up getting canceled on uh, on the 14th there. So I talked about that. But, yeah, that was supposed to be at Chandler Street. So, But either way, though, folks, you know the deal with Thin Man. You got to head over there, get some of the delicious food, any of the drinks. Always a good time over there. Happy hour. I recommend the dinner, uh, bacon whatever. nubs. There you go. Yeah. Heck, yeah. We actually got to figure out, too. We got to finalize our... Uh, next trivia date which we will be announcing hopefully very soon yep all right any other thoughts all right folks no thin man brewery elmwood and chandler street check them out go get beer beer is good that's thin man's motto actually beer is good beer is good so check out our school dropout yeah there we go hey can i throw another name at you actually for uh among the forward group who i think could be an interesting target yes John Ah, yeah, Tyler Bertuzzi. That's a good one. You right? think he'd sign a one-year deal? I mean, it would make a lot of sense. 
Yeah. Case scenario, next year, buddy. Move him at the deadline, short term deal. Yeah. Years old. You know, he had 16 points with the Bruins in the 21 games down the stretch after he was traded there. 10 points during their uh, the first round loss to the Panthers. Could be exactly the kind of guy that you'd want to have. Plays with a little bit of an edge. He's got some good playmaking chops. Interesting, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely interested in that. Hopefully they're working on that. I completely forgot he was still a free agent. Yeah, could be a, could be a good option there for the Burrs. Uh, but anyways, do we want to talk about goaltending? Uh, yes. So. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Weird. So like you said, Anderson and Ranta stayed put in Carolina. So both reasonable deals. I get why they did that uh, from both perspectives. Gotta say, Tristan Jari. <laughs> A lot wow. of money. A lot of money for Tristan Jari. I'm not sure about that. I don't yep. think I would have done that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Do and then Varlamov resigned too. So, yeah. Where do we go from here, Taylor? Maybe not the playoffs if they're huh. if they're seriously just going to ride with a guy who has played seven NHL games and another guy who is not only sub nine hundred save percentage in the NHL but the AHL as well in sixty nine games in UPL or Eric Comrie who sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's not ideal. I, I think Vejmelka is interesting, though. You know, you had mentioned him as a potential option there. I mean, we know Arizona is not really trying to win right now. So I think that that could be something that I could get on board with. I mean, as far as other trade market pieces, <laughs> I'm just looking now like Dan Vladar as a possibility. But again, I really don't love that, like, at all. No. Um, God. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, Spencer Knight, Lance had talked about, again, I don't know how much I love that. There's just like so much risk involved there that yeah. I definitely have some pause when it comes to that. Uh, so does Ziggy. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I, so that. what about, I mean, that's your Demco, but again, I don't think that Vancouver's trying to move him. Like, do you, no, that's the thing. So, or do you look at Vegas? Do you do you go to Vegas and do whatever you got to do to get Logan Thompson? They just signed Aiden Hill to, uh, I believe it was a two-year, four point nine five million dollar deal. Do you do yes. what you have to do to go get Thompson? I think that might be my favorite of the options available to them right now. That will depend if Leonard's coming back, right? Yeah, isn't Leonard kind of MIA Correct. at the moment? So if Leonard's coming back and they're confident in that, yeah, that makes Thompson expendable. Uh, I would actually fire them trade Aiden Hill, I think, but they, they're not going to do that. They just signed him. Uh, so yeah, I think if, if that, that's good, that's a possibility. Saros and Hellebuck, I don't think that's happening as we've talked about Carter Hart and Demko. I'd love to have Carter Hart. I don't know if, I don't, I don't really know if he's available. Demko, I don't think is available. Those idiots still think they're going to win this year. And then, yeah, the, you look at the other options. There's not a lot of good ones. Now, Vamelka, you'd say, why would Arizona trade a young good goalie who's cheap and under team control i say why does arizona do anything they do i don't know why they trade jacob chikrin great question <laughs> so, who knows who knows why they would do that great questions all around they don't because they're basically uh i don't know insurance fraud is an organization most of the people they're paying are why take simishev six LTIR? <laughs> yeah why do a lot of things so I don't know. I, I don't I don't have any intel or whatever that's available, and I haven't heard that. But you know what? Just trade them to us, guys. What, are you going to be good in the next five years? Yeah, no. Come on. You know damn well you're not. <laughs> Maybe you, you want to have a good goalie going into Salt Lake City? Fine. 
It's like the uh, the scene from The Office where Dwight is trying to get Andy to sell him his car. And he's just like, come on, do it. Five, four, three, five, four. Come on, just do it. Do it. No, right now, right now, right now. Please do it. Please do it. I think that's what Kevin Adams, the approach that he needs to take when calling the Arizona front office. Just get it. Get it done. Please. Wow. Come on. Maybe he'll write, uh, Kevin Adams should write an interesting book like Rain Wilson. We'll see. Okay. Well. Some kind of career that uh, Kevin Adams is having. Okay. We'll but, it just again, we we should talk about it because as we're talking about the need to go out and get this guy, it's because you're trying to prevent yourself from going into next season with a Devin Levi UPL duo, which yeah, it just beyond risky. Yeah, so here's the thing: I actually, uh, when it comes to UPL, I don't love the idea of losing him. It kind of sucks. It's just a weird circumstance thing because he played too many games and now he's not on a two way contract can't just be sent down without waivers and it's tough he just turned 24 he's a former second round pick and you know there has been moments where he's looked interesting here's the problem 897 in the nhl so far he got an extended look last year and did not impress especially down the stretch and he is i'm looking at his ahl say percentage right now different years well he played one game in 2018 19 so i won't count that 10 games 874 23 games in the ECHL, only 9-12 that year. Uh, played in SM Liga in 2021, uh, 9-08. 8-88 in 14 AHL games after that. 35 AHL games last year, exactly 900. And then this year he played 9 AHL games at 8-98. That's really not good for the AHL. That's not encouraging. So maybe he should have been in the AHL all of last year. Like Ideally, he would have been. And who knows? At that point, maybe he's... Maybe he's at over 900, and that's more encouraging for next year. Still, it's not about – I'm not. neither of us, I don't think, are saying that UPL cannot and will not be a good NHL goalie. That's not what I'm saying. He's still really young for a goalie. He's 24. Yeah. But, man, I wouldn't count on it at all. I, 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 I am struggling to think of a good NHL goalie who, for this long, was just not good at either the AHL or NHL level. And even with a weird development path. So I just, I really would not count on UPL being anything uh, really, but you know, he could be, like I said, I'd leave the door open, but the problem is he's under an NHL contract now. So you either waive him and risk losing him for nothing, or you trade him this off season and have an upgrade. I just don't think you could go into next season with that. And we've talked about a million times, Devin Levi. Awesome. Really excited about him. He's, to me, he's the number one Sabres prospect. I even still count him as a prospect, I guess. He's what I'm so excited about in general in the long term. It just guys don't play 50 games when they're 21. They don't play 50 games until they're like 26 these days. And maybe yep. he's the exception, but the exception is him playing like 24. And even if he does play, do you want UPL playing 32 games? I don't know. It's just, all this shit really worries me. And then there's also the Eric Comrie thing as well. Eric Comrie is, I mean, not good. <laughs> Not good. I, I, I feel like I'm doing the Stephen A. Smith thing right now, but I don't like what I see. No. And it's right. it's not good. And it, it, there's not a lot of good goalies available. This is a weak point in goaltending in the NHL, no doubt. Right. I mean, you, you just can't look at this and say I, – I, I guess you just can't look at the situation and be like, well – Levi seems like he's going to be the guy. He seems like he's he's cut out to be this elite NHL goalie. He's special, whatever you want to call it. I agree with all of those things. But again, when you are looking at 
decades worth of data that backs up the fact that like guys just don't do this off the bat going into a year where playoffs are the expectation. It's the same thing with UPL. Like, yes. Could he end up being a good goalie? Absolutely. He can. I I don't, I, I would understand anybody that wants to jump ship on that. And I understand anybody who would say, no, like maybe he needs just like a little bit more time or maybe it's something with his goalie coach, whatever. But you just know you have to be aware of the situation that you're walking into next year. And again, as much as you can say, well, what if Levi's ready? What if he's this special piece? And what if he's just different from all of the other goalies? Even if he is that one in a million, like, you know. But what if it's the opposite? And what if things go really poorly? And what if he gets off to a really, really slow start for them? And what if he's not actually ready right now? Are you going to feel comfortable with continuing to trot him out there on the ice night after night like that and giving him that workload? What are you going to do then? Try and send him down to Rochester and then bring up Dustin Tokarski as your option to play with UPL next year? I don't love that. Not at all. I mean, again, like it's you, you cannot just go into a season banking on well, this guy really seems like he's a special piece. I think that he is. I think that Levi is going to be amazing. I think that he has all the makings of being an elite NHL goaltender. But again, there's too much data. There's too many cases of guys who go into the league too early and they're just not ready for it for that starter's workload. And again, like the whole point here is like, you don't need to go out and get a guy that's going to play 65 games. You just don't. The NHL it doesn't really happen much anymore. Is, it doesn't happen much anymore. And just with the way that schedules are, if you look at the playoffs and all the teams who made runs in the playoffs, that's just, it, it doesn't work like that anymore. And you need to have an actual solid tandem of reliable guys. So that's again, us. I, I just think that there's a, a, a I mean, it's going to sound basic, but like there is just such a significant difference between Devin Levi expecting to play. We'll call it. 30 to 35 games next year and 50. That worries the hell out of me. Now, would you say that our podcast is a solid tandem of reliable guys? (sighs) You know what? We, we let the occasional squeaker through from time to time. (laughs) I'd like to think that the consistency is there for the most part, but you know, the, the jury's still out. We got to look at the underlyings, look at the tape a little bit more. I think so, we gotta leave it to the listeners to decide that one. They, okay, yeah, let us know. Honk off in the replies when we tweet this out. <laughs> so, now, would it be rude if I pointed out that Dustin Tokarski has better AHL and NHL numbers than UPL? No, nope, go ahead and point it out. <laughs> I'm pointing it out. <laughs> he has a career 902 save percentage in the NHL. Uh, he was, he played, how many, he played four games last year. Okay. It's not a big sample. Played 29 games in Buffalo at 899 a couple years ago. Uh, he had a 910 in the AHL last year. Uh, and then a few years ago, he played 18 games and had a 924, 956 in seven games the year prior to that. So he's a good AHL goalie, not a great NHL goalie, but that's one more thing than UPL has been so far. Again, he's the young one. He could figure things out. He has a high pedigree. But I wonder how much his injury that he had, like what three, four years ago, affected him. Yeah, it's a he's a big guy, and like you need to be able to move. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he can. Maybe that's the difference now. 
Yeah, absolutely. Affecting his mobility, his lateral movements side to side. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a fair question. And, you know, guys don't always stick when they make the jump from juniors to, you know, the professional level, but like, was he not the the goalie of the year in the OHL when he was with Sudbury? Wasn't he like, didn't he get voted player of the year as well? Like, yeah, I mean, he was remarkable for them. And, you know, whether it's him, like I mentioned before, I don't know if it's something with coaching and not being like him, not even blaming it on coaching, but like him not being able to like make adjustments as needed, whether it is uh, a physical limitation of some sort, I don't know, but I just, again, there is just so much risk involved here and you just, you you have to have a contingency plan in place. Should Levi show that he's not ready. Absolutely. Saying that he's definitively not going to be like, I, we could be wrong about this. Like he could be this one in a million, but that's exactly what it would be. Just such an outlier that do you really want to bank on that in a season that's as important as this one is, especially after, you're kind of banking on guys stepping up on the blue line too. If Pesci is seemingly falling through, you're expecting a guy like Clifton who, again, like I'm about the move. I'm happy that they made the move. I think that it works. Would I have liked them to take a bigger swing? Yes. 100%. But given the cards they were dealt, I think that this was a good move, but there's inherent risk involved here. He hasn't yeah. had that long of a track record of that. And as Lance's tweet correctly pointed out, it was for a stretch in the beginning of the season. And then after that, he settled back into a more of a, you know, a down the lineup role. So yep. <clears throat> it's, there's a lot of risk already to begin with. And then on top of that, you just lost one of your, your, your second right winger, I should say like for six months. I mean, what are we doing here, guys? Like we gotta, we gotta bolster this a little bit more. And and again, I'm with you. I liked what they did with bringing in Johnson and, and Clifton. I'm a, a big fan of both of those moves. But in the words of a very famous basketball player, R.I.P. The job's not finished. Correct. Yeah. Also, I would note, you know, it, it is just a lot July 2nd. So there's a lot that can change still over the course of the summer. So not freaking 100%. out yet or anything, but there's work to be done, like you said. Uh and couple other things I wanted to mention the another goalie potential I thought of they weren't really linked to this but the Bruins seemingly were gonna have to give up one of their goalies now they're not because the Bruins are just getting rid of everyone um so they're they're gonna be able to afford Swayman and Allmark good for them in that case because those guys are both awesome last year uh but yeah no more Taylor Hall for them no more Bertuzzi they're gonna let all no more Connor Clifton obviously they're gonna let everyone they traded for at the deadline walk so gonna be an interesting team no word yet on if Bergeron's coming back so no nope. crazy We'll Nothing see. Nothing yet. Let's uh, put it this way then. Let's check in a month from now. Okay. Yeah. That would be we August call it even July 31st. Like in terms of like four weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah. August 2nd. Let's just go with that. August 2nd, right. August 3rd. Let's look at that first week of August. We will reserve judgment until that point. There's still time. Like they could still do yeah. stuff. And it's just, this is just <clears throat> off the bat right now that we're talking about here. So we're not trying to be like alarmist or anything like that. Uh, I do have a piece of bad news for you. Oh, God. Elliot Friedman says that the Leafs are working on a one-year deal with Bertuzzi. Dude, are you serious? Yeah, he tweeted it while we were recording. (sighs) 
Ah, great. Well, they also, you know, signed Ryan uh, Reeves to a multiple-year deal. Okay, Frank Cervelli says it's official. One year, $5.5 million for Tyler Bertuzzi. God damn it. God damn it. Brad Sure Living was listening to the podcast, and he's like, you know what? He can't be listening. What, what am I saying? It's not a live podcast. He hacked. He hacked into our computers. He's in the Zoom right now like it's unfriended. God damn it. Wow. I know my light's like flickering right now. Oh, God. Yeah, I actually see that. Oh, God. Crazy. Anyway. Brendan, have you ever seen either of the Unfriended movies? I haven't, but I've heard you talk about them several times. You should see them. You'd love them. Would I? No. Anyway, Good. moving on. Uh, what a weird, what a weird deal for JT Confer too. Where did he end up again? Detroit. Wow. So I'm looking at the contract to make sure I have the exact right one. I don't understand this thing. It happens every year. Giving depth guys crazy term. I don't. It 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 seems to very rarely go well. Yeah, Avalanche and Miles Wood six years. What? Yeah, it's. I think it's pretty similar because Miles Wood's basically replacing Confer, isn't he? Confer. Yes, but Wood doesn't play center though. I don't think. Oh, that's a good point. Confer. Uh, this would have been a very controversial move twenty years ago, maybe more than twenty years ago, going from. Colorado to Detroit, an AAV of five point five million. So it's five year, twenty seven and a half million dollar deal. A lot of money. What lines he playing on? That's that's kind of insane to me. But who knows? I don't know. The cap's going up and all that. But and he's not. He's a young man still. But wild. Good for him, I guess. The, yeah. You know, there's there's always a couple of those. Oh, and then who? Alex Kalorn, four year deal. He's thirty three years old. Anaheim. Pat Verbeek, what are you doing, guys? They gave him a lot of money, too. Wasn't it over $6 million they gave him? Yeah. Good Lord. Okay, also, speaking of crazy moves, I know he's good. Like, don't get me wrong, but Orlov getting almost $8 million over two years? Yep. Holy shit. Also, Carolina seemingly was one of the ones in on Eric, John- or, uh, Eric Carlson. What's going to happen there now? That's a good question. I mean... Carlson, what do you do if you're San Jose? How much do you retain? Because it's friggin' four more years somehow. It's so tough. I, I, I mean, you probably to get the most value got to go fifty percent. Uh yeah, I would say so. But then you have, what is that? Five point seven five million on your books for four years for nothing, for no one. I don't know. That's better that's than wild over to eleven me. million, I guess. Yeah. That's true. When you're, I don't think you're winning anything soon. That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Tough well, contract. Yeah. Any other thoughts, Taylor? Uh, do you have any recommendations? I'm diving into – well, this is a pre-recommendation because I've heard great things so far, but I'm diving into season two of The Bear today. That's my recommendation. No shit. Is it really? Yeah, I Aww, love The Look Bear. at us. We're so in love. Yeah, season two of The Bear. Man, episode six, when you get there. Really good, yeah. Very stressful though, God. as you can imagine. Okay, incredible great. array of guest stars. It's kind of jarring for a minute, and then it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's and it's man, it's heavy, but it's a great episode of TV. Cool. Uh, and then I would also say, oh, Asteroid City. That's what I also wanted to recommend. Asteroid Did you watch City. it? Yeah, I saw it at North Park uh, last Friday, and it's not Wes Anderson's best movie, but I thought it's a very good movie. 
Nice. I want to see it. I haven't had a chance to yet, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's in my top five so far for 2023. That's solid. I look at it as like the kickoff to summer, basically, because we have that and we're going to have, obviously, July 21st, two huge movies we've already referenced, and then Killers of the Flower Moon after that. Are we going to hit a, a double feature? Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that yet. Maybe. Which one do you watch first, too? Do you go Barbie Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer or Oppenheimer? Yeah, I was joking with what I said earlier about Jack Quinn. You got Oppenheimer first. Yeah. Barbie's a nice palate cleanser after that. Although, Agreed. I don't know. But Barbie might be darker than we think. We'll see. Can you imagine? <laughs> a gritty kind of reboot amazing. of Barbie. No, I think it's more existentially. Okay. Um, we'll yeah, see, I though. Think it, it seems like the, mo- the premise of the movie is going to be like very meta. Yeah. Greta Gerwig, though. You got to trust Greta Gerwig. She's given well, us good. two fantastic movies in Lady Bird and Little Women. So I trust Greta. Heck yeah. All right. Any other thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off for the day, Taylor? Uh, Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Enjoy your day off. Well said. Enjoy the day off. I actually have this week off. I'm very much looking forward to doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. So if you want to go to the movies at all, let me know. I'll go. Oh, hell yeah. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. We will be back with a new episode on Thursday. We're going to get more into free agency here. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more to talk about. We could talk a little bit more about the draft as well, some of the other moves coming around the league. So make sure you're tuning in. But as for both of the presenters of this podcast, make sure you're checking them out on their websites and their social media platforms, whatever one you are on, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, both of them on there. Make sure you're following along. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, check out all of our fellow shows. But before you do that, make sure when you're leaving the app or leaving our page, I should say, you are subscribed and or following us. And we'd also appreciate it if you left us a nice little rating or review. Last but not least, we have our wonderful sponsors and DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. And finally, Thin Man Brewery. Head over to Thin Man, grab some dinner, grab some drinks, whatever it may be. Thin Man is the spot to be. We'll be back with a brand new episode, everybody, on Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Straight up Sabres.